1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So being asked to give thanks in all circumstances is easy when we are thanking God for our blessings, when we have a new baby in our arms, we can give thanks without even thinking, we, we just do it. When you find the love of your life or get the job of your dreams, you can find thanking God easy. Sometimes we're blessed so often by God that we can even forget to thank him. The amount of times that I've shoved a big fork full of food in my mouth before I've said grace is, is countless. So often we can get used to the blessings of God that we forget to be thankful. But I think the, the biggest area where we forget to give thanks to God is in our suffering. And if we are to give thanks in all circumstances, our thankfulness must also come in the times of blessing and in the times of struggle and suffering. Horatio Spafford knew suffering on, a, on another level. He was the, the guy who uh, wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. I think we sang that the other night. This man, he was bankrupt, financially ruined in 1871 during the Great Chicago Fire where much of his businesses uh, were burnt to the ground. His property investments were burnt to the ground. His, his investments were further hit uh, during the economic downturn of 1873. He'd planned to, to travel to Europe with his family on the SS Ville de Havre. And in a late change of plan, he sent the family uh, ahead of himself while he tended to business. And while crossing the Atlantic, the ship that had his family on uh, crashed with another ship and then sunk. All four of his daughters died. His wife Anna survived this sinking of the ship and she sent him the now famous telegram which says, Saved alone. And then shortly afterwards, as Spafford travelled to meet his grieving wife, as he was crossing the very point where his family died, he, rang, he wrote these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot that was taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regardless my helpless estate and have shed his own blood for my soul. My sin not in part, sorry, my sin or the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Grief unimaginable yet this man finds himself at the very spot where the daughters the children he loved had, had drowned and died he is overcome with grief yet he has a heart full of thankfulness because he knows this temporary suffering he has is temporary 
and the eternal hope he has in Jesus is eternal. Spafford, Spafford thanks the Lord in his deepest suffering. And we as Christians can do the same. If you turn to me with 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 3 to 9, we will see why we can give thanks to God in all circumstances, especially in our times of suffering. It starts off in verse 3. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us all in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. Let's just pray before we look at God's word further. Father, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you that you are the God of all comfort. We thank you, Lord, that even though we enjoy times of blessings and we endure times of suffering, Lord, whatever we experience on this earth, Lord, is temporary. And we have the eternal hope of your son, Jesus Christ, to give us strength and encouragement. And I just pray, Lord, that as we look at your word this morning, you will encourage us, you will challenge us, and you will make more, us more like your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this letter had been written by Paul to the church in Corinth. He previously wrote to, to them about how their life uh, wasn't being lived out as a Christian should live it. The church was a mess. But they'd rejected the teachings of Paul because they were more inclined to follow other teachings, which was more like the prosperity gospel. They couldn't see how Paul would be an effective preacher or an effective man of God because his life was marked by suffering. Because this man was suffering, they dismissed his teaching and looked to those whose lives seemed to be far better. They were chasing a type of prosperity gospel. But Paul visited them in love and managed to navigate this difficult relationship. He navigated through this painful time in their relationship. And now Paul is writing to the church in Corinth to explain his joy that things have now been fixed. And if we look at verse 3, it says, Paul starts off by saying, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. So the word praise used by Paul in this letter is a Greek word used in the New Testament, which is only used in reference to God. 
And it's the expression of the highest respect and the deepest of thankfulness that you could show. So Paul is, is opening up his, his introduction here by letting the Corinthians know of his great respect and deep thankfulness to God. And this is in the midst of all his suffering. As we know, as we look through the New Testament, that Paul seems to be in an almost constant state of suffering. He talks about having a thorn in his side that he's asking God to remove, yet he accepts that this is part of God's plan for his life, that the thorn may never be removed. Yet during this, yet during this suffering, Paul is thanking God. He thanks God in his suffering because he is the father of Jesus and that Jesus is his saviour and that through his salvation and through his adoption, God the father is also his father. Paul thanks God because God is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. God is the creator of compassion. He is the creator of comfort. So every source of compassion that we feel or see or give, every source of comfort that we feel or see or give is a result of our father in heaven. This comfort and this com uh, compassion comes through God the Son, Jesus. So this means that whenever Paul is suffering, he can be thankful because he knows that he will receive all the comfort and all the compassion that he needs to get through his circumstances. He knows that his saviour Jesus gives him all the compassion and comfort that he needs. Just a few years ago, I attended a funeral. Uh, it was a funeral of, of my cousin who died at the age of 19 and her mother, my auntie, was absolutely distraught, as you could imagine. And there was a queue of friends and relatives as we were leaving the funeral waiting to give their love and condolences to, to my auntie and everyone who went up to her, she hugged and held on to them for dear life. She was feeling compassion momentarily, but as soon as that hold was released, the pain came flooding back into her heart. When my auntie hugged me, she felt some comfort. Then it was gone. As quick as she felt it, it was quickly replaced with pain. You see, sometimes when we struggle, we search for comfort. We look for comfort in all kinds of areas, whether that be in food or drink or drugs or sex. Sometimes we look for it in people. Some of these things may dull the pain or remove the pain momentarily. But like I said, it's momentarily. And once the effects of this temporary comfort go, the pain quickly returns. Often the things we seek comfort in is merely a distraction, a temporary distraction before the pain returns with a vengeance. But as Christians, we can thank God in our suffering because he is the source of our comfort. And we need to ask ourselves as Christians, when we are suffering, where do we go to look for comfort? 
Because through Jesus, we can come straight to the Father, the creator of compassion and the God of all comfort. Paul continues, he says, that God is a God who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Paul is thanking God because God comforts his children in all trouble. There's not any type of trouble or suffering that God cannot bring comfort to your life. There's nothing so great that prevents us from receiving the comfort from our Father in heaven. And this is why Paul is, is thanking God in his suffering. Because he knows that his suffering is not wasted. He knows that his suffering is drawing him closer and closer each day to his Father in heaven. And he's also thanking God because he knows that the comfort that he receives from God in his suffering can be used to bless and comfort others. This comfort that God, uh, that Paul receives draws him closer to God and it draws him closer to the church in Corinth because he uses the comfort that God used to comfort him to comfort those in Corinth that are suffering too. The comfort he receives from God helps him to show compassion and comfort to others. And if we want to show others comfort and compassion, the only way we can do it is the way that Paul does it. And that is showing the people who need comfort in their Father in heaven. We can share the blessings of our comforter with others. And an example, an example of this, the most beautiful example that I've ever seen, an illustration that I've had personally of how we can use our suffering to comfort those who are struggling is when we, Rachel and I, suffered, I think it was a fourth miscarriage, it was a dark day for us all. It was painful. We were confused. We were angry. We couldn't see where God was in this situation. And Rachel rang a friend of hers, an, old, an older woman, an older Christian, a faithful woman, a wise woman. And she shared about the pain of losing this child. And she was on the phone for an hour being comforted and being loved. And then just before Rachel left, she said, how are you doing? And this woman said, oh, I'm not doing very well. My daughter committed suicide over the weekend. And this beautiful woman, this woman who was receiving the comfort from her father in heaven for her own loss, was able to show that comfort to my wife and in turn to me. You see, we can thank God when we are suffering because our suffering is never wasted. As Christians, our pain is not wasted. We have the privilege of being able to share the comfort we receive from God in our suffering with those in our church that are suffering. As Christians, our pain is not wasted and we have the privilege to share the comfort of God with others. 
And we need to ask ourselves when we see others in their suffering, do we reflect that same compassion and comfort that God has shown us? Are we being compassionate? Are we being comforting to those in need? Verse 5 goes on and says, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So Paul is saying not only is my pain being shared and my comfort being shared with the church, but my pain is shared with Christ. Whether that's through his persecution for his faith or through the struggles of life because of the fall, Paul knows that he shares the burden of suffering with his saviour, Jesus, that his suffering unites him with his saviour. And Paul is telling us that we too do not suffer alone, that as believers we are united with Jesus in our suffering. There are times when our pain is so great that our pain makes us feel isolated. There are times when our pain can make us feel that nobody understands what we're going through. Often we can feel like our suffering is a place where we are on our own. Yet Jesus knows, even if our church and friends and family can't understand the pain and suffering that we are going through, we can receive comfort and give thanks that Jesus knows. Jesus knows because when he was hung on that cross uh, as a perfect sacrifice, dying a death that we deserved for our sins, when he was hanging there before he takes his last breath, the pain and suffering that he endures causes him to shout out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We can give thanks in our suffering because Jesus knows what it's like to feel like you are alone. And we can thank God in our suffering because we are not alone. Because God has given us Jesus to comfort us. And we need to remind ourselves that when we are suffering, we need to come before Jesus who shares our pain and carries our burdens. Paul goes on and says that if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Paul and the early church were persecuted. They were persecuted for the faith. They were suffering illnesses. They were suffering from betrayals. But there was comfort in the gospel. The sufferings of Paul and the early church were shared. But they didn't just share suffering. They also shared joy. Paul sees suffering as a gospel opportunity to glorify Jesus, to encourage the church and to witness to the lost. It's because our suffering isn't wasted that we can use it to comfort others. It's because when our faith is tested, we can give thanks because we know that through this testing of our faith, our faith is strengthened. 
The harder our life gets and the tighter we cling to Jesus, the clearer we can see our hope in him. As Christians, we are one with Christ and we share in both his blessings and his sufferings. And as one church, we should share in the sufferings and the blessings of each other. God gives us the church to support us through our suffering. For those of you who are, who are interested in boxing, you will have heard of Tyson Fury. He was 26 stone in weight. He was mentally ill. He was struggling with addiction. He'd been out of the boxing game for, for a number of years and his life was a mess. He was once a world champion and now he was an addict. He was a bum. He was a man without hope. And then he decided to come back and fight for the world championship. He lost his weight. He started training again. He had an opportunity to fight for the world title. He earned a draw, then he had another fight, and then he won, and then he defended his belt. Tyson Fury, although he was in the ring by himself, taking the punches and throwing the punches, he was far from alone. To get from being a hopeless addict to world champion, it took a team of people around him. Dietitians, a fitness coach, a boxing coach, medics, a, a cutman, family, friends and fans cheering him on while he was in the ring. Tyson Fury had a personal struggle. He had to fight another man one-on-one. -on -one. But while he was fighting, he had the support of many thousands of people in his corner. And in a similar way, we feel that we are fighting a battle on our own, but we need to remind ourselves that we have a church fighting for us in our corner too. That is why we can thank God in our suffering, because God gives us the church to help us in our suffering. And we need to ask ourselves, how do we share in the, the suffering of the wider church? We need to ask ourselves, do we even know who is suffering in our church? We need to ask ourselves, do we even care? Do we care about the churches that are here together this morning? Do we care about the churches in our networks? Do we care about the suffering in the churches regionally? Do we care about the suffering in our churches across the world? We need to ask ourselves, how are we sharing our encouragements and our blessings? And we also need to ask, do we use our suffering as a gospel opportunity? As a church, we need to be sharing our joy and our blessings. And we also need to be sharing our struggles. It's no good doing one without the other. Like Paul, we need to be doing both. Verses 8 and 9 go on and say, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. 
The stress, the fear, the trouble that was facing Paul was immense. His life must have felt like he was on a constant knife edge. He knew constant persecution. He knew that persecution was his future. At times he felt like he, he couldn't go on. He despaired. He was in a hopeless situation. And he never had the strength to carry on. He felt like giving up and all he had left and all he could do was to cling to God. But not just any God. The God who raises the dead. The God who rose Jesus from the grave and who will raise his followers once Jesus returns. The strength that got Paul through his suffering is from God, the God of hope. He knew that this life, this suffering, this persecution that he was experiencing was temporary. He knew that his life on earth wasn't it. He knew that his hope was in an eternal future. And I'm often in constant danger of putting my hope in temporary things. Constantly putting my hope into my family and idolising my wife and children. But if my hope relies on my marriage and that fails or Rachel dies or we hit a bad patch, that means I have no hope. If I rely on my kids for my hope and they get married and they move to the other side of the world, I have no hope. But I can thank God in my suffering because I don't have to rely on my family. I rely on Jesus. And we can all thank God in our suffering because relying in Jesus means that this life isn't it. That we have a greater hope beyond our current situation. And we need to ask ourselves this morning, what are we relying on? We need to ask ourselves, where is our hope? Is it in something for the here and now or is it in Jesus for eternity? It goes on and says, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. So God has been faithful in helping Paul through his suffering. Every time he suffered and struggled, God has been faithful and carried him through that, that suffering. And the memories of his past suffering is what sets a reminder to Paul of God's faithfulness. His past sufferings become an encouragement to help him persevere through his current sufferings. And Paul is further encouraged by the fact that he knows that he has a church behind him praying for him. And he's not just encouraged that the church is praying for him. He's encouraged that he knows that God answers prayers. It's this encouragement that he receives from reminding himself of God's past faithfulness. Reminding himself that the church is praying for him and reminding himself that God answers prayers that helps him persevere through his struggles. 
And it reminds me again, I apologise for using another sport illustration. But when Alex Ferguson used to manage uh, Manchester United Football Club, there was something known as Fergie time, which meant after the game would finish, there'd be extra time added for injuries or stoppages in the game. And Man United would always seem to be getting beat in the 90th minute. And then in the extra time, they would always get an equaliser or a winning goal. And this was called Fergie time. And the reason they would always win or save themselves from defeating Fergie time was they would fight till the very end. And the reason they would fight to the very end because they knew if they kept on fighting, history showed them that they would win. They were encouraged to continue fighting to the bitter end because of the memories of what had happened before. And if we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness, we can continue fighting right through to the bitter end too. That is why we can thank God in our suffering because we are reminded that God is faithful, that God hears and God answers our prayers. You see, even though God's people face trials and God's people face suffering, God continues to work in our lives through prayer, through encouraging his people and through bringing glory to himself. And we need to ask ourselves as a church, are we reminding one another of God's faithfulness? As a church, are we praying for one another through our struggles and suffering? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in you in Christ Jesus. So let's thank God this morning, knowing that whatever we are facing, whether it's trials and suffering or blessing, that we can give praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you with praise, Lord with the deepest of thankfulness that Paul shows in this letter, Lord, with the greatest of respect to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Creator and Heaven and Earth, but also our Heavenly Father. Father, we just stand amazed at your comfort and compassion in sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from an eternity in hell and give us an eternal hope. And we look forward to that hope. And I pray, Lord, that as a church, Lord, when we are suffering, we'll be reminded of your faithfulness. And when others are suffering, Lord, that we will share the comfort and compassion that we have received from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.